Hello and welcome to another episode of Through the Web Podcast with me, Dagogo. And with me, Tosif. And today we're going to be having a lovely episode jam-packed full of interesting AI topics and some... Trending topics. Yeah. A lot, some a lot personal of topics. A lot of, and some <laughs> exciting news actually for us. So uh, yeah. plenty of stuff going down. So uh, yeah, why don't we hit it off? How you been? I've been good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been, uh, I think it's the summer sun. I, I love the, the sun. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, it just makes me feel like... You know, things are happening. Yeah, and things are happening. I, I so, get that. so it, it feels feels nicer. Yeah. Um, how are you? Yeah, no, I, I've. Uh, I think it's a little too hot. It is a little too hot. This week especially was, yeah. was really hot. Yeah, but it, it hasn't been too bad. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've been good. Just uh, yeah, doing cold fusion work, etc. Mm. And uh, yeah, catching up on some of the tech news. There's a lot going on. It's um, too much, yeah. And yeah. some um, exciting news from our end as well in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Why, why don't we actually start with that? How about yeah, that? Let's, let's start with that. Um, the news is that we will likely be moving to our own new studio for the podcast mm-hmm. uh, slash Cold Fusion headquarters. headquarters for the first time in Cold Fusion's history. Um <laughs> Took yeah. you about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I work lean, um, but yeah, the best way, honestly, <laughs> given how some companies just just launch, skyrocket, and then poof, yeah, exactly. it's better to go lean. Build a good foundation. Um, but yeah, so we're moving to a new studio, um, pretty free with how we design it, so yeah. it could be custom fit. So maybe give us some suggestions on yeah. what you guys think a good podcast background could look like. We're thinking of getting two couches with a nice shelf in the background, some plants, but. No, open to suggestions. Let us know. What yeah, uh, like what other podcasts, I guess, do you guys listen to or even watch uh, that we could perhaps take inspiration from as well? I mean, we do listen to a few podcasts, but it seems like most of it is, and, and, and as we're kind of researching, it seems like a lot of them are quite similar. I think there's like a podcast style that mm-hmm. kind of has settled uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. But I'd say the funny thing is the biggest podcasts in the world don't care about how they look. Like mm. the Joe Rogan sets, just horrendous. <laughs> like like Lex Friedman one is just literally black. black. <laughs> like, and then I think he's been traveling and doing um, a lot of the episodes as well. And even then it's like just a, just a, like mm. a, I don't know. Like I guess yeah, the, the content's the king, you know? Of course. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I think uh, we're both into aesthetics of the of the location and things of that sort. So it'd be nice to kind of, you know, design our own space. And I was telling you just earlier, uh, it'd be cool to take a, get like a big cardboard and just spray paint cold fusion on it and then do the whole Jeff Bezos uh, yep. picture. <laughs> for the, I guess those who've been listen, listening and probably know which picture I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, very famous picture of uh, when Jeff Bezos started Amazon in a tiny, dinky little office and he spray-painted the word Amazon on a piece of card. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I uh, could do that as a little little gag. Um, yeah, is there anything interesting that you've watched this week? Uh, I watched a lot of things, actually. One was about uh, the whole ticketing situation. So I don't know if you've been following the whole, whole Taylor Swift and then the Bad Bunny situation in, in uh, North America things of that sort. Uh, and, and recently, so John Mayer, you know, uh, who I, you know, follow a lot, uh, he announced his solo tour in the US and there's this group of John Mayer fans who, you know, on, on Facebook and they've been just complaining about how ticketing, like ticket prices have been crazy and the, the floor prices, prices started from like 700 USD and things of that sort. And I just 
you know, the whole Taylor Swift situation as well, when I was when I saw it on the news, made me think, you know, well, what's actually happening with this whole thing? And it's actually a very common mm-hmm. problem that's been going around for, for years and it's kind of slowly getting to a point where even the US uh, Congress is is looking into mm-hmm. dividing and separating the, the whole Ticketmaster and, and Live Nation stuff. So well, I want to do actually a deeper dive into this stuff. So, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some some other topic, some other day we'll cover this topic in, in details. But yeah, just watched a few videos on that. Uh, but other than that, um, the whole Mr. Beast uh, video as well. That's mm-hmm. something I thought was quite interesting where he um, cured the blindness of a thousand people mm-hmm. around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, on the on the surface, it seems like a very simple, straightforward idea. But the thing that caught my eye was oh, no pun intended. <laughs> the thing that caught my eye was was the reaction or the were the reactions that that followed. It was very interesting to say mm-hmm. the least. Um, but also probably one of his most viewed videos yeah. as well. Yeah. So. Um, oh, uh, sorry, were you done? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, have you watched the video? Uh, yeah, I have. Um, and I've seen the reactions and reactions to the reactions, <laughs> but I, I, I found it, um, it's not surprising. Like yeah. I think we're just in a world now where everyone has to find something to hate about everything, even mm-hmm. though the thing is as good as it can be, people just must hate. It's just, it's just the way it is. But yeah, I think, some of those reactions came from the viewpoint of not understanding Mr. Beast's business model mm. because some of those people were saying, hey, he's just doing this to create clout, to, you know, um, look, you know, everyone look at me, look how good I am, look at the stuff I'm doing, but the thing, and, and just to get views and clicks and stuff. But the thing is those views and clicks are actually what enables him to do this like, yeah. for the next video or whatever. So um, obviously that's even leaving beside that doing this was a great thing and, um it's changed a lot of lives and these people would have been, I, I guess like, you know, in a different way, different position if he didn't do this. And it also kind of makes you think about governments in general mm. and what's going on. Um, especially in the United States, you have a country, I don't want to get political, but man, <laughs> you've got a country that's spending like hundreds of billions on military expenditure and just in way wasting money on things that um, aren't as important as what, giving this money to people who really need it for either medical procedures or um, to help people who need um, some kind of aid in that sense. Um, imagine what if they spent half the military budget on just doing things like this. The country would be transformed in like within a couple of years. Um, so it really highlights and shines a, an issue on that and I think Mr Beast um, took that and ran with it when he <laughs> announced, I think jokingly, that it was going to yeah. run for US president. So, um, he should mention it in a few podcasts in the past. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, where okay. he he uh, has kind of not not expressed direct interest, but there were topics about it because, you know, uh, from a pure numbers perspective, it it's appealing that, okay, like so he many people- He could do it. He could do it if he wanted to. All his, all his viewers aren't in the United States. Though, true, guess, true. Yeah. But he does have a lot of pull there. And, uh, you know, if, if Trump could do it, essentially from the entertainment mm-hmm. business uh, and business entertainment and then moving into becoming a president, it's not completely out of the picture. And also if you look at so many different um, actors in the past mm-hmm. who've kind of- uh, Reagan. Yeah, uh, played around with that. Uh, with the political sphere, it's it's not completely out of the question. So yeah. I, I feel that's, that's you know. Yeah. Um, the thing is like, you know, at this point, it's like, why not? Like, <laughs> Why not? Exactly. Like, everyone who's running and, and is like 40,000 I think 40, it's a US problem as well, as you mentioned. It's, it's a global thing. Governments around the world is to like, if a YouTuber with, uh, granted he's a lot of influence and, and, and a lot of money to, to spend on these kind of things, but uh, if he could do it, why 
aren't like governments or institutions even like mm. i think somebody mentioned about religious institutions somebody mentioned about medical p- professionals themselves and i think a lot of medical professionals do do that i know that a lot of doctors you know perform surgeries for free or um of, of low cost or no cost or goes to like certain missions or areas where they can help so i think a lot of individuals are doing it but then it comes to the point where okay can like these scale. institutions yeah, yeah at scale who can actually help do these things and i think one interesting tweet that Mr. Beast um, kind of uh, tweeted after was uh, even from a purely financial point of view that, okay, like I'm spending money to help these people. The ROI is that these people can then come back to work and then contribute to taxes and, you know, mm, essentially exactly, help yeah. help uh, rebuild or continue to build the, 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 the countries and yeah. uh, or help the society essentially. So I think, um, yeah, even from financial ROI, it just yeah, seems I, like a no-brainer. I, I think for us sitting here and saying that it makes sense, but then if you think about um, political institutions, like, usually when something gets done, it's because there's money behind it, such as a lobbying group or a political interest Mm -hmm. in saying that this will get you elected for the next four years. So things that are long-term or don't have a direct monetary impact and benefit for the government um, in in terms of immediately or like a donation or whatever, I think that those things are kind of left on the back burner. So um, it's sad, but it's good he did it, but it's yeah. sad that it's kind of blown wide open. Everyone's like, hang on a second. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess there was also this other topic about creators themselves who use these kind of uh, video genre to get more views and, and clicks. Or I guess it's, there's a whole whole thing to it. Like I think it's called sympathy porn or, or something right. like that right. where you're trying to uh, get the sympathy out of the, the, the viewers and essentially get more views through that. And there are individuals who do that like an art. I've seen some bad Yeah, ones, like yeah. really bad ones where yeah. you know that they're, in, you can just tell they're yeah. doing it entirely for the cloud and for, for views and likes and things of that sort. But uh, I mean, my question to you is that do you think despite that, is this, uh, is this okay? Like say, okay, like there's a few creators who are doing it entirely for likes and views. And mm. Mr. Beast probably definitely is not one of them and knowing what we know about him. Mm. Uh, but for others, you know, on a smaller scale who do it on TikTok or others, just, you know, here's a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars to people on the, on the street mm. and just to get a few likes on their videos. Like, do you think that's well, okay? Well, the, the thing is like, we don't know what's going on in their mind. Yeah. So that's the hardest thing. So I would say if they're doing it genuinely because they have the means and mm. they want to, um, do want to help people and they're filming it because like, yes, it will will help them out in a certain way, but it's not the only reason that they're doing Mm it. I'd say that's okay. But if the, you know, the the incentives are pointing the wrong way and it's like, you're just doing this for show. You don't care about these people that you're giving the money to or you take it back when the cameras are off, you know, but that would be insane. (laughs) I don't know if anybody does that. Well, Hey, like knowing, knowing Uh, people out there. True. True. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, well, that's kind of a joke, but if if the incentives are pointing the wrong way and they're not doing it for the right reasons, then yeah. I think that's wrong. But I don't really have a problem with it. You know, if it's helping, it's a mutual, mutually yeah. beneficial thing. Hey, look, I get a little bit of publicity. It's, it's you know, I, but I also want to do this and I'm yeah. helping someone. I think that's okay. Yeah, I think so too. I think that it's, it's, there's a net positive to, to that. Like, mm-hmm. sure, yeah, okay, if you're doing it for reviews and stuff, that's fine. But if you're actually helping someone out, mm. uh, that, that's good. But like, if somebody's taking that money back, <laughs> actually I saw a funny meme video right after the Mr. Beast one, where it's like, oh, Mr. Beast uh, enables blindness in thousand people. And then the whole video is in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just people putting back their patches. <laughs> there's actually so there's a whole meme genre like that. And it's oh, like, wow. it's, it's funny, but it is, it is what it is. <laughs> Um, what were you? What did you uh, uh, watch yeah, this I, week? I watched a whole bunch of stuff. Um, nothing, well, 
Okay, so I don't know. I'm going to do this thing where I provide a choice. Okay. Um, the origins of E equals MC squared or TikTok girls in the gym gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> Your um, view history is... <laughs> Is quite interesting to say the least. That that that's my statement oh after my the choices provided. That's, As I was uh, saying it, I was like, "Wow, what is going on?" Um, Where the back to back? That's more of an interesting question. <laughs> oh no, um, they were close to each other. E equals MC squared was yesterday. Did the algorithm lead you to, from one to the other? That uh, no, I typed in E equals MC squared. The algorithm okay. led me to the other one. So okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. Yeah. Because um, um, so for those of you wondering, I'm doing a video on nuclear fusion. And um, so obviously when uh, nuclear fusion is created or yeah. fission, any atomic energy, uh, the energy released is in the form of e equals mc squared. And I was just trying to figure out like why is that? So mm -hmm. it was just a bit of extra research on that. Um, but yeah, just briefly, I, I think I'll do both, but yeah. I'll do them, do them briefly. So the e equals mc squared uh, obviously by Einstein, but it turns out that it was theorised by Newton and a few others earlier on, but it wasn't explicitly stated and uh, when Einstein wrote the proof to this, it was only a footnote. It was only a three-page little thing where it's like, oh, this is an interesting thought experiment. Um, and he didn't really believe it. He wrote to other people saying, I don't really think this is true. Mm. Um, but he was like, well, that's what the math says. And then obviously, as we know now, that, that ended up being true. But there's actually a bit of controversy around that because it turns out that a lot of people think that Einstein didn't do a good job in deriving it, that they said that his proof wasn't, very mathematically rigorous. There was some assumptions and it wasn't very well done. And so it turns out, unbeknownst to me, there's this whole debate online as, as if Einstein actually did it the right way or not. So, you know, everyone thinks Einstein, well, he is a genius, obviously, but there are some people who are like, you know, it's not quite right. So I found that quite interesting. Is it just, uh, do you think they're just contrarians or is there actually um, some... No, there, there is some merit to it. Yeah. And there's actually, yeah, there's been papers, there's even one part published this year who like kind of went through the same way, the guy kind of went through the same way, but did everything a lot more mathematically rigorous. I'm not, I'm not going to... Um, pretend to understand every little bit of it, but um, I just thought that was very interesting. All right, so the TikTok girls <laughs> gone mad in the gym. So I don't know if you've heard about um, this story of this TikToker who was or influencer. He went viral on Twitter for setting up a camera mm -hmm. and then doing some weights or something, yeah. and there was some guy in the background who was just kind of yeah. doing his own thing. Maybe looked over once or twice, and then she was like, "Oh, this is disgusting." Yeah. Blah blah blah. And everyone ripped on her mm -hmm. and just like said, "This is ridiculous." But it turns out, I don't know if she started it, mm -hmm. but or it just kind of is at the same time. But there's a whole trend of this. Yes. So there's this guy called Joey Swole or something like okay. that. That's on TikTok okay. or just on online, really. Yeah. And he's like this really ripped dude, and and his whole thing is um, he talks about gym etiquettes and and um, like just the overall way people should conduct themselves this is very mostly they're very positive wholesome takes right and the way he he does it is he'd probably some of these videos like those where um either girls would be filming themselves you know doing uh workouts and then if somebody looks at them then the girl rips into that guy mm -hmm. and then um, or vice versa and then joey Sol, i think his name is um online he does a reaction to those videos and says that he basically puts them into their places and saying that hey look 
just because somebody looked over once or twice doesn't mean that they're you know uh, harassing you or doing anything wrong. Um, some sometimes they just want to use the machine that you're on. Sometimes they just you know uh, you're on the way or something like that. Um, but that's not to say there aren't creeps in the gym and th- yeah, gym and things of, of the sort, right? Yeah. Um, but just this video is going over some of the more ridiculous ones. Yeah, and this one blew really blew up on, okay, on Twitter and okay. stuff. Um, but there was this one where it was like this lady who was like using a weights. Obviously, she had a phone yeah. like here. And then she was like, oh, look at this creep or whatever. Um, and the guy literally just walked up to his machine and sat down. He didn't even look at it. And I was like, what? Yeah, it's, it's I, I don't know. Like um, a lot of it is like that. But then there are also videos where there are um, people like asking, for example, that, hey, permission for like, hey, um, I'm on your view. Is it okay if I just go past? And then the, the girls are like, oh, no, that's completely fine. I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, I'm just filming myself trying to look at my form and stuff like that. And most of the people actually do it for that reason, right. that they're trying to see if their form is okay, if they're putting up the weights right and, and things of the sort. And most of them aren't even influencers, but it just became like a, like a thing for, mm-hmm. for attention. And it happens uh, both ways as well. I've seen a lot of guys, for example, in the toilet, like just flexing and things of that sort. And a guy just walks past and he just says you know, on the video, oh, look at this guy, you know, just walking past me. He doesn't even notice that I'm, I'm trying to do a video. And then, then Joey comes in and, yeah. and rips on the guy as well. Yeah. So it's a thing, okay. apparently. Yeah. I don't know. It's a whole, whole gym It kind of just yeah. makes me think like, these people I'm guessing 25 and younger, but it's not looking good. It's almost, it's just over, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those, one of those random, random things. It just yeah. happens, it'll, it'll- But the thing is, I, I, I don't know. I would imagine that. Do you know anyone that would be like that? I I don't think I do. Uh, probably like you know one in a hundred people or something like that uh-huh. who would be that kind of obnoxious. And then they're usually in their own circles where they think they're all that and and right. would just think that rest of the world is just NPCs and they're the main character. And right. this is the whole thing on online as well where where they feel the need that. They're the only people around the, in the whole yeah. world, right? So, yeah, other than that, I actually don't really know you're right. I, I'm, a lot of it is just vocal minority that just gets uh, blown out of proportions. And Right. I, I, yeah, I guess the social media as- aspect of amplifying that makes it look worse than it is. But it's just the fact that anyone does this at all is shocking to me. And the fact that there's more than one. Is, <laughs> yeah. yeah so. But what's more shocking is how E equals MC squared led you to this. Um, I think <laughs> They weren't it, directly related, you know. It, 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 I think once these social media platforms, uh, algorithms do it the other way around. So if you start searching, you know- I'd like, love that. And then they start recommending E equals MC square <laughs> like videos, uh, that's when you know, okay, finally the, the world's going to, to the right place. So. No, but um, I have, just as a side point, I have been getting quite annoyed with my YouTube recommendations. I've been having to like type in finance topics or science topics because mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of dumb stuff at the moment. Like as in things that are just stuff, yeah. you know, it doesn't really help. I mean, you can just always click on it and say not interested or- doesn't work. Yeah. I still get. I yeah. think it takes a few weeks. It's just right. like like TikTok as well. It just takes a few weeks for for it to really understand and learn your your patterns. Mm. Um, well, the thing is, it was good, yeah. and then it's kind of like I think they always try different things. Yeah. Right there, and I, and I always get sorry. This is yeah. I'm just rem- rem- remembering. But every time, like I open up a homepage or whatever and scroll through like the YouTube homepage, there's always one video with like two to three hundred views of something random. Yeah, I've been yeah. getting that as well recently. I think. Yeah. Um, I think that's good in some ways because yeah, they're like trying to promote like smaller okay smaller channels. channels. Yeah. I've been actually getting that a lot. Like okay, very small, like few mm. hundred views. 
um, videos. So I think that's that's actually a, a positive in yeah, some ways. The, the problem is that the quality not, usually isn't that yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, it would be good to see quality videos that get low views yeah. because that way you can. But then how does the algorithm know what's quality or not? I think we're getting there. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. Watch time should be an indication. But anyway. you reckon? Of course. Okay. Like, you know, if it's a robot AI voice saying yeah. something, then you got to click off straight away. But, you know. Actually, on that note. Mm-hmm. Actually, I got something on that note. Too. Okay. But anyway, you, you, go, you first. go first. Okay. Uh, uh, okay, I'll it's go like crossing the street. Okay, 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 okay. So, uh, my computer science friend of mine who's back in Germany at the moment is like, man, I got something to show you. He's like, this is crazy. And um, he found this AI tool that essentially all it needs is like half an hour of your voice yep. and then it can reduplicate you. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to steal your voice. So he started with it um, and he's like, oh, this is what uh, 10 minutes of work got me. And it was like a little sentence Mm -hmm. and the high sounded like me, but then it sounded like an American after that. So it's like, maybe I need some more audio. Can can you give me a voiceover? I was like, all right. So I gave him like a raw voiceover and he he trained it, did it again. And um, it just sounded like an American. And I'm like, yes, I'm safe. Because it turns out, I guess, all like 95% of the training data is American. So right. any other accent, it just kind of pushes it into American. So mm-hmm. um, I thought that was interesting, but I think it's probably not going to be long before. Don't get any ideas. Before someone tries to steal my voice. <laughs> that right? is literally my question. Oh. Coincidental. But my question on that note is literally that... Uh, what, what do you think about protecting your voice? So obviously yeah, there's I, like mm. copyrights and stuff that's happening in the whole world of AI-generated art. Mm. Um, the amount of TikToks that I'm seeing about starting your own side hustle with chat GPT, churning out video ideas, then you have, uh, right, you know, using it for scripts and there's vid- literally AI tools to make videos. All of it, like you can create a month's worth of content mm. for small short videos in like, half an hour, for example, right? Um, using AI-generated voice and, and things of that sort. Now, for someone whose value proposition on the main YouTube channel has been your voice, and this is something we spoke about in the past, what what's going on in your in your mind right now? Like, yeah, like is so there something you think about? Um, I didn't really until my mate, yeah, sent me this and I was like, yeah, you know, probably should start thinking a bit harder. But I remember a few years ago, maybe five years ago, um, I was talking with another team I was working with um, in terms of legal team and stuff. <clears throat> and they they kind of came, like, brought up the – it was kind of like work insurance. That kind of was mm. how the topic started. But they were like, um, yeah, like I think I brought up copywriting my voice or something like that or insuring it. And they were just saying that that kind of thing is quite hard mm. because there's very little precedent – there's not much to go on. So I, I don't know. I would like to do it, but I... I Where do you start kind of, kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, it's, it's such an odd thing. Like yeah. maybe I should talk to Morgan Freeman or <laughs> something. Like I mean, his voice is literally everywhere. Yeah. So uh, I think it's... Uh, I, ran, I wonder if someone's duplicated that. Like, Yeah, I mean, there's, there, I remember there was like a GPS that, that had his voice on and right. uh, a lot of assistants, even like AI tools that let you do similar voice or mm. so. Um, yeah, I don't know how how he gets royalty out of it, if at all, what's mm. the, again, like if people use his voice, um, obviously he's this big celebrity and, and uh, has a very recognizable voice. How would you do that in terms of, you know, a, a channel that's got 4 million subscribers and things of the sort? So mm-hmm. I don't know, but I think for you, and this is something, it you know, uh, that I was thinking about because we're slowly with Cold Fusion, we're expanding into different languages. Mm. So for those who don't know, we've got a German channel that's um, mm. 
been been doing. Um, we work with a German team who's been recreating the videos in in German. Uh, we're also potentially looking at other languages as well. Um, but then the voice over is the content that the Google produces is being used. But obviously the voice uh, still. The Google can't speak German or, or Japanese or Spanish, so. Uh, <laughs> so things like that, for example, yeah. like like what if you could use the AI to recreate your voice in those? I mean, would that protect your videos? I think that's the question. This is something we need to ask Devin again from you know from what? Legal Eagle. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> um, but that's that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Like if that could be done, but the fact is, I think we're not there yet. If if it switches everything to American. No, um, I, th- I think we, there are tools. We probably just don't know them yet. Maybe um, that's because dubbing, for example, in Netflix videos and stuff works similarly. I think they still have. Is it AI? I thought it was. Uh, they had uh, to like re- the, I think they're working on something similar. But right. currently, there are other actors. You're right. Yes, like currently, yes. most of the, the bigger practice is actors doing dubbing voices. But AI isn't too far off. I think it'll it'll yeah, be in the, the next the, you know few weeks, months. The, the thing is, the AI that they're doing. Yes, it sounds like a good voice, but it wouldn't sound like that person that originally spoke it in the mm. original language. I think. Uh, no, but the voice again. It's, it's how do you then use AI to change your voice to a different language? So right now I'm talking English. If somebody were to use AI to basically say change these words coming out of my mouth into Spanish or German or French, my voice would be the same as almost as if I knew those languages. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, the that's next probably step. the next step. But that yeah. that seems hard. But uh, I'm not going to put it past yeah. anything. Nah, like, at this stage, I don't think <laughs> you can't say anything about anything, man. Yeah, um, yeah. See, now now we're kind of starting to switch because well, not not that I'm saying it's going to take longer. But I remember when we first started talking about this AI stuff, you were like, "Oh yeah, it'll be, be a lot longer way." I think we well, should probably. Should l- Braden should like yeah. get it in. <laughs> Find that that clip. <laughs> like I'm gonna come be like, no, it's not until 2030. <laughs> a lot of time, and now I'm like next month. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I think we'll just move on to this quickly. Um, yeah. So there is a new AI by Google mm-hmm. that can do text to music. Yeah. And uh, this is an area where I thought it was going to be a long way away because there were AI systems that could create music from scratch, but it would. It was so broadly wild that you could get things where it would start to try and generate voices, but they sound, sounded like literally screams of the damned. It was just like this squirt, screaming, like horrific thing. Scream of the dead. That's a, that's a good metal name band. Uh, name for metal band, yeah. Um, but I'm not joking. These were scary sounds um, when it was trying to come up with voices and stuff. But it was just that, you know. Um, hallucinogenic in terms of what the AI is trying to produce. But it seems like this Google version called uh, Music ML, no, LM, LM, Music LM. I mm-hmm. keep saying ML for machine learning, but it's yeah. something else. Um, this version seems to be um, quite coherent and, you know, you tell it what you want or hum a tune and it can use that humming that you did as the lead line and then your description as the backing chords and drums and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, genres from, you know, Euro dance to grunge to classical to reggae it can do it all essentially um but i feel like it's i guess if you got the stock plugins from any music software and you knew what you're doing you could make it within like 10 to 20 Mm. minutes kind of thing they all just plopped on top of each other and kind of that's the song but you know it's listenable and we did an entire episode on will ai ever replace musicians i think we did a few few months back and I think we landed on the idea that you still need that human element for 
for music to be enjoyable. Mm. But I think as we kind of go deeper and deeper into the whole idea of, of how simple it is to, you know, or how simple it will be to create music. Mm. Yeah, dude, I don't know. It's, um, I think, uh, I know a lot of you know, full-on musicians who are, who are, who are scared right now right. Uh, about the whole AI revolution than what it yeah. will do to their But the careers. thing is, I, I feel like it might just be that whole 80-20 thing again. So yes, AI will get 80% of the way there, mm-hmm. but that 20%, there's so much in that. Like, so for example, if you're producing, like it's like the choices that you have, like I guess the EQs that you have on a particular snare or how short you make that snare sample, like that can change things. It can make it snappier, punchier or more laid back or whatever, but it's just very small things that involve decision. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I feel like it will get you 80% of the way there, but there's just other, these other... I'm just, uh, <laughs> well, again, like Stable Diffusion came out in August 2022. Uh-huh. Um, Dali, we were talking about like mid, <laughs> middle of last year, mm-hmm. uh, mid journey as well. And we're in the first month of, of or second month actually, damn, second month of the year and um, of the new year. And it's, it's so many things happening. It's, it's like with the chat GPT and, and I, it's just, I think we've opened the Pandora's box and, yeah. and I think no, I, those I little nuances yeah. of EQ and stuff, I think AI can and will replicate, will be able to yeah. replicate. And, and look, I feel that this is the Luddite, very rare. I'm very rarely a Luddite, but obviously I'm, I'm in this field um, quite a bit. So I feel like, yeah, it, 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 it's just like you think it can't be. There's just so much in that. But AI obviously just learns the patterns, learns what um, what's good and might be able to replicate it. But on that note about the Pandora's box being opened, yeah. seems like ChatGPT has already been overtaken as an, and is now extinct, gone. Poof. Another, what? another company who is made up of open AI employees has come along and created something called, what's it called? Claude AI, which is another chatbot just like ChatGPT, but... Um, in ChatGPT, when they trained the whole system, they had an uh, element of user, not user, but humans to actually reinforce and tell it what was right, what was good, what was bad. So it kind of learned from the humans um, and that was in the training pipeline. But now this um, Claude AI, instead of using humans, they've removed that and just made the AI, an AI train the AI itself. So it ends up being better at things such as um, creative wording and all that kind of stuff but um, as bad still at maths and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I find that, I don't know, like it's it's almost like you throw your hands up in the air because you just don't know what's going on anymore. No. <laughs> There's just stuff flying everywhere. I, I, I've just, as you were talking about it, I just saw that they raised uh, over a billion dollars um, right. as well. And they're like the direct competitor to, to chat GPT. So and there you go. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's all happening. And you know, they've, they've kind of quietly begun testing all this, all this stuff. Um, and it was, as I mentioned, for, uh, co-founded by former employees of OpenAI as well. So they definitely know what they're, yeah. what they're up to. And uh, is, is it going to be like, is it uh, available for use for? Uh, I, or? Not that I know of. I okay. think this is pretty new, right. but they've, I think they've, they've released testing. Um, I mean, ChatGPT Plus is here for twenty dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, um, but the said, thing is, I, I don't really. <sighs> Like if you can still use it for free, but it just takes a little time. I don't really think that's worth, in my opinion, $20. What, paying $20 yeah, over? Yeah. yeah, I think, um, again, if it's easier, it gives you more options and you don't run out of um, prompts and things of that sort. Yeah, if, um, if there's a limit on prompts, yes, yeah, I can see that. I, I, I think that'll probably be the the, the differentiation as to what right. they, they get people. Did they mention that or are you just I haven't, I haven't, I'm okay. just assuming, um, okay. but I can look into it so it says the 
general access to chat GPT, even during peak times, faster response times, priority access to new features and improvements. So I don't think prompts uh, are limited. Uh, look, yeah, so I guess it depends what these new features are. Yeah. Like if there's a killer one, then yeah, all right. But as for now, I don't really see it being worth that much, but I'm sure um, companies and um, uh, I guess institutions will pay for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, even individuals, like I won't be opposed to paying for it. Um, right. I actually been been using it a little bit for, you know, for content and stuff like that, just right. to see what it turns out. I think obviously the prompt writing has to be really good to get really good results. And that's an aspect that is is uh, being under, like almost overlooked in a lot of ways uh, is the ability to write good prompts. Mm-hmm. And I think that could potentially end be, you know, end up being like a career at some point. Uh, uh, almost like a, thumbnail designers. Huh? Almost oh, like thumbnail yeah, yeah. designers, no, like but, a very niche thing. But, but the thing is, I think that's going to last for a very short time. Before think, long, I think your prompts will have to be less and less good for it to understand what you're saying. Mm. Uh, I, think, I think that's how it's going to kind of turn But I out. think uh, even even at a, at its, you know, optimum level, you still need to be able to explain and describe how well you want the output to be. Uh, and I think, I guess maybe having a career in that is probably pushing it a bit too far, but I think it's not going to be that simple uh, where you just explain something very, very, like, you know, with just a few words. And Why not? I don't understand why not. Because like it, it say, can make, it, it's it's not it, the thing is it might not be what you initially thought, but the output would just be of such high quality. Like, yeah, that is pretty good. And it's kind of like I'm saying if you described everything poorly, mm. it's like it would just make the best of whatever you're saying. Because the because in what I have in my mind versus what someone else has in their mind with the same kind of similar minimal prompts would be subjective. So for example, I'm thinking of, okay, I want a, uh, a script for a, a video about, I don't know, tables. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I saw Very table. creative. Very creative. Yeah. So a script about the history of tables, right? Um, something like that. Um, if that's the same prompt I have, and that's very minimal, right? And five different people have five different prompts, then obviously it's going to come up with, things that are very similar. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're not creative enough with your following prompts to get exactly what you need, maybe somebody needs it for a very detailed YouTube video, maybe somebody needs it for a school project, somebody needs it for for something else, you need to be able to know how to write those prompts to get exactly what you need. But the thing is, even though you're not very good at writing prompts, you would say, can you do this for my school project? Or can Mm -hmm. you do this for a YouTube video? Right. still... You know, I'm just saying like it would just get so good at writing whatever mm. that it will just be good enough that you're like, oh, that, that works, you know. Mm, uh, you know, um, though uh, on, on this topic still, uh, OpenAI apparently is training ChatGPT to eventually replace software engineers. So they're, they're literally writing their own code extinction. Uh, sorry, their own job extinction. But the thing is, their own code <laughs> extinction as well. But the thing is, um, it's just moving so quickly. It this is. is. This is faster than I even anticipated. And, and also fast. another news on that is that they've developed a tool, OpenAI, to detect AI text. Yes. So yes. essentially if you're, again, and this is, will be very useful for universities and schools where uh, there's already students using ChatGPT uh, to, to maximum level to get essays and things of that sort um, where the schools and universities and teachers could use this tool 
to detect if uh, the text that was submitted was written by an AI or primarily written by AI. And I think that's that's good. Yeah, it's good. good use but then of you it. can just use Claude AI and then that's it. Yeah, and I think you can, you can paraphrase it. Uh, and I think it's the starting point that a lot of kids uh, or students will use. And I think that's fine. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's encouraged in a lot of... Uh, there are a few schools that are looking into teaching ChatGPT and how to use ChatGPT uh, as, as a way of of using it as a, as a proper tool for research. So I think things like that will I guess will I guess that's well. ultimately what it's got to be. Yeah. But um, I was actually talking to my friend um, at dinner yesterday and we were just talking about ChatGPT and everything. And uh, we're just like, what's the future going to be? Like if all these kids are, are using it and they're <laughs> just using it for their exams and tests and then you don't know anything. So you get a medical degree and then a patient asks you, so, you know, what should I do? And you're like, oh, chat GPT. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It, it, it seems to me, obviously it's a tool. You can use it as much or as little as you, as you like, but it's just going to get so good and just know so much knowledge. It's like, well, what's, what's the point of that? Yeah, I mean, um, it's also been passing a lot of the exams as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been seeing it's the business yeah, exams, have, yeah. medical exams, law exams, and yeah. you think, oh, what's the point of these degrees then? But I think it's, again, how do we use it to... To make things faster, well, actually, and, yeah, that, that's true. And complementing that, the, the roles, ideally, but also, um, I think in terms of what is the point of these degrees, I think it's critical thinking. Number one, mm. that's got to be it. But in terms of ChatGPT, um, yeah, like I guess it is how to use how to use it to you know make things faster, get all the drudgery out of the way. That's ideally what it should be used for. But there's going to be some lazy people that, yeah. You know. I mean, look. Um, as you were saying that, you know, like you, you're a doctor and then somebody asks you a question and then you look up. I mean, I've seen doctors do that with Google, like even now, right? Yeah, I mean, if it's because then the amount of information they have, they have to memorize is not completely, like say a specific question that you might have and, and they say, oh, okay, like let me just see if that, if you need right. that specific medicine or, and, and in fact, you know, I have an ankle injury right now and I've, I've been going to, uh, you know, through, through soccer and I've been going through to a physio and I was having a discussion with him as, as he was kind of treating me um, that, you know, like looking up a lot of the AI stuff, what, what do you think like in your field as a physio, where do you see it coming in? And he said to me something along the lines of that, if I had a tool that could perhaps l- listen, like be a third person observer. And as you're explaining your situations of, of uh, issues and, and, and going through the events of, of, of whatever injuries you have, that third person AI or, or whatever would be listening in, listening to my conversation with you as physio and the patient. And it would give out information based on that conversation that, okay, these are the five possible diagnoses that could happen. And that will, in fact, let me dig deeper as the physio to see, okay, these are three or five different mm-hmm. possibilities. Uh-huh. Let's see. And I think that's kind of the example we want. Right. But yes and no. Okay. So just first point, that kind of reminds me of like the layer two stuff. So like what Sam from OpenAI was talking about, how it's kind of like ChatGPT will be the basis, like the, the almost the nervous system, thing, mm-hmm. something that understands context, something that can understand language and how things are put together and just different uh, things around the world and some facts and whatever. But then there'll be another AI on top of this, which will be just for the medical field. So it's trained, hyper-focused on that, all the medical data and what all of yeah. that kind of stuff. And that's kind of what this doctor is talking about. But in your example, this doctor gave five different things that mm-hmm. said, okay, this is probably what, um, you know, some things to look at. Mm-hmm. But what if it's just an off-case where it's outside of those five different things mm-hmm. um, and the doctor naturally maybe just threw his, I don't know. Like he's too lazy to even think outside those five. Yes. So it kind of narrows his. That's where the critical thinking yes. comes in. Right. So I think, again, 
um, we can't rely on this 100%, especially for things of, of, but the of thing that is, nature. You, you say that, but it's like, if it's good 80% of the time, you'll just be like, ah, probably is one of these. Mm. And you'll just, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's. Uh, I'm not a Luddite. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying, I just kind of feel like it's narrowing. Yeah, narrowing I, I mean, right now, again, so okay, what's the alternative? For example, like, uh, are we relying on human brain more than the five possible outcomes that are, that is 80% right off of the time because the human brain is probably way less than 80%. Uh, yes, but it's the amount of, you, like, I'm just, I'm just thinking of house, you know, where there's some <laughs> random little thing where it's like, Oh, and he's like licks the tables. Like, oh, that must be whatever. You know, it's like things like that. It, it, it just feels like that's not going to happen. If you're just like, that's probably right. I'm going to go with what that is. Look, I, I think it'll all come down to data and of course a bit of trial and error, hopefully not at the cost of human lives, <laughs> but the, the trial and error in the sense that uh, right now again saying that, okay, how accurately is this third person medical AI being able to diagnose individuals based on the explanations that they've been given, they've been given, right? Versus historical data of, doctors without using that. And if historically the doctors are getting, I don't know, 60% of the times, right. And this medical AI is getting 80%. You're right. Obviously you want to go towards. If you're going to just like, you know, looked at, look at the numbers and statistically it it is just better. Yeah. I guess there isn't really. At the end of the day, you're still right. I think that critical thinking component Mm. has to be part of, of these professions who Mm. will be using these AI as a way to help them, do things better, but not replace them completely. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think that's going to be difficult still. Yeah. But for how long, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, we could keep talking about that for, for a long time. It's wild. I think, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's such exciting. Ex- yeah, it's it is exciting, exciting nerve wracking, but I don't know, man. Uh, what do you guys think? Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I just do want to touch on this next thing. So yeah. the, the Galaxy 23 sorry, Galaxy S23 came out um, or was announced. And there was an interesting part of the, it's basically it's the same as last year. Mm -hmm. I think phones are stagnating that everyone kind of knows that Um, or they're just like saving the good stuff to two year gaps or whatever. I don't know what the case is, but anyway. So none of that stuff is interesting in terms of the processor and the camera, maybe little increments of improvement. But one thing that, did strike me interesting in the pre- uh, as interesting in the presentation was the fact that this chip actually had a ray tracing module within it, as in the the GPU, and I think that's the first time I've seen that. Could you phone. elaborate what what ray tracing is for those? Who oh know? sure. Uh, so ray tracing is essentially a fact. Uh, sorry, essentially a method of producing light in a uh, real-time environment such as a video game or whatever that mimics the way light moves in the real world. So the effect of that is essentially you get a more realistic scene than you get traditionally because traditionally when you make a game, you say you have a shadow or something or a light you know, coming from somewhere, it's like pre-baked onto the scene. So what that means is like you would draw it, the artist would draw it just to make it look real. Mm-hmm. But if you change the light, it doesn't move. So uh, essentially ray tracing just makes it look more realistic. So that's what the latest gen uh, game consoles have and you know obviously uh the graphics card and computers have so that's what kind of separated mobile gaming from the uh you know higher end gaming so so i was looking at this and they showed a demo of an unreal uh, engine game running and i thought yeah it looked pretty good like Mm -hmm. i don't know if it was just made for that and it's it's not going to really exist or run on mobile hardware but it just kind of got me thinking that maybe you know uh in a couple of years time we'll be able to see stuff that does look console ready on these little chips um, mm. because obviously Apple's kind of done it with their uh, 
the MacBook Pros and stuff and iPads and whatever. But coming down to the phone level, we haven't really seen it, especially with ray tracing yet. So um, I thought that was that was quite interesting because every year we're kind of seeing a 40% um, GPU increase. So yeah, in a couple of years, we might be able to see something like that. Yeah, no, I think it's, um, it's going to be interesting. But I actually have a question on that note to you again. So you already have a Samsung S something from uh, a few years Galaxy ago? Note. Uh, 10, I think. So right. it's, it's literally that old that it's an extinct model. <laughs> right. And you recently got your MacBook that's uh, on its way. Yes. Uh, very exciting for yes. you. Um, should be here in the next couple of weeks. Wait, did I mention that in the last episode? You did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the first thing you mentioned. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to hopefully be within the next couple of weeks. But now that you're going into the, the world of, of Apple, is the next upgrade going to be an iPhone? Mm. Such a good question. Um, I think I'm just going to hold on to my Samsung until it just completely, it's actually starting to restart randomly every second day or something. I mean, that's a signal. It's time to upgrade. <laughs> no, but I'm just going to stick with it until it completely dies. Maybe I'll do a backup quite soon. Um, but the reason is I feel like if I get a Android phone now, I'm going to be annoyed that it doesn't do all the cool stuff with my MacBook. Yeah. I think that's, that's a major selling point. So I'm just going to, Use this phone till it dies, then I will. So the next phone will be an iPhone. To an iPhone. Wow. Yeah, man. Slowly uh, getting into, you know, they're, they're, they've got you. Did yeah, they yeah. <laughs> this is tragic. I never thought that I'd see the day. <laughs> Damn you, Steve Jobs. But, um, but it's happening. Yeah, no, I, I think it is. Look, I, I'm not as much as a phone nerd as I mm. used to be. So I used to upgrade, not upgrade, but modify all the software, make it look cool, all these 3D launches and all this yeah. stuff I used to do. But now I'm just like, as long as it works, it's okay. I guess there's yeah, a few, few little things I'll miss from Android, some of the openness. Um, but honestly, yeah, as long as it does the job, I'm, I'm going to be happy, I think. I mean, uh, we also have the other news of uh, some, something on Apple Glasses as well. So is that something you're going to get as well? Just have the, have the might, full might, kind might of- Might as well. <laughs> might as well at this point. Just, <laughs> might as well get the Apple car, even though it's unreleased. <laughs> um, yeah, so Apple um, has had a, well, not, they haven't had a leak, but Mark, I think it was Mark Gurman, one of the, famous Apple leakers, he came up with, um, I guess, a list of stuff that he was uh, hearing that the new Apple glasses will have. Uh, I think it's rumored to cost $3,000, $3,000 US. And it is either coming out at the end of, as soon as the end of this year or next year. And they were saying that, yes, yeah, been delayed quite a few times, but also there's some interesting features. So instead of having controllers, you'll, you'll have eye tracking. So we'll see where your hands are and then it will be able to see if you want to pick something up or drop something or whatever just by your, a pincer movement. Mm. So essentially how the HoloLens and HoloLens 2 did things, I guess that's not nothing new. But the most interesting thing out of these rumours was the fact that this headset would actually be able to have scanning of your whole body but just with the headset. And it's not an emoji. It's actually like a, you know, a realistic representation oh. of yourself. And I was like, that's kind of crazy. Like how were they going to do that? But... Then I thought about the, um, you know, that, uh, I don't know what it was called, but that thing where they put your iPhone on the MacBook yep. and then it can see down even though it's like mm-hmm. at a right angle essentially. So maybe we'll use that for the scanning or I don't know if you have to scan your phone beforehand or whatever, but apparently this feature only works if you have a one-to-one FaceTime with someone or one-to-one VR conversation with wow. someone, which tells me that it is processing intensive. So that means it must be live. Mm-hmm. So... It's crazy. Apple must be pulling some magic. I'm not sure how that happens, that no other headset has that feature. But um, yeah, I thought that was one of the most- But it seems like they're definitely working hard oh. on, on this and it's going to come out. Oh, it's, yeah, it's coming. But I, I just 
we don't know when. When, um, but yeah, my my bet was on something. Or the prediction was something big Apple doing this year. So I don't know if that'll still hold true. Mm. But let's let's see. Yeah, because I don't know what Apple glasses. Then I know they were like doing a few different things. But yeah, it seems like uh, it's, it's so. This has been rumored for a long time. Patents. Mm. Leech patterns were yeah, coming yeah. out. And so. they've been working on like cars and stuff like that as well. So <laughs> I don't know. Look, I never believed that one from the yeah. get go because it just didn't seem strong enough. Like, but but there were strong leaks to suggest that they they had something going on there. Yeah, but I don't think it was a full car. Right. I think maybe it was some kind of integration. Mm. But yeah. Um, but then again, Sony is now making a car. So yeah, <laughs> um, I haven't looked into it, but something we can go yeah, into. Yeah, uh, it's it's. Uh, Oh, it looks cool, but it's a weird idea. Anyway, they're partnering with Honda, so that makes sense. But right. yeah, go on. Um, well, the next topic is about TikTok for text. <laughs> All right, so it's uh, ex-Instagram co-founders Kevin Sistrom and Mike Krieger. They've introduced a new thing called Artifact. And what is supposed to be is basically the newest venture that gears its user base towards the next generation of social media. So, so what is it? It's essentially... I can see simplest way to understand what artifact is is kind of TikTok but for for text and articles. So artifact is from articles and, and fact. So what it does is it's maybe like an aggregator of of news articles and facts. But the difference between what you see on Apple News or Google Reader is that it'll use very high level AI for for these articles to pop up on your on your feed. So again, thinking of like how strong TikTok is. Uh, with videos, it's going to replicate that, but with articles uh, and, and text-based information. Okay, so let me get this straight. So it will, based on your reading habits or whatever data it's going to pull about you, it will synthesize specific articles for you yep. using AI? That's right. Okay. So, Well, to be, to be honest, that's how um, uh, ByteDance started. That's right. I was going to say like yeah. one of the biggest um, companies, uh, I forget the name, obviously, the, the, the Chinese app that does it, but there's a Chinese app that specifically does that and it's very, very popular in China right now where, again, it's, uh, again, TikTok for articles and text and things of that sort. So, right. um, Instagram, um, all the Instagram co-founders uh, working on it. Right. And uh, it's it's gaining a lot of traction. They've recently opened uh, uh, oh, so a list. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, they've, they've opened a list of um, soft launch, uh, you know, if anyone's inter- interested in getting the soft launch version of the app, uh, but basically, you know, you tap on the articles that interest you and Artifact will serve you similar posts and stories in the future, you know, just similar to what um, any other social media platform is. Um, I guess, you know, like Google Reader and Apple News and other kind of does that, but yeah. I think this but will the, be more of a social media, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, so is every article, well, I, I don't know if you know, but is every article meant to be different? Like, because it's written by AI, or is it they're all AI written articles, and it serves you the one that for that so, data? So, so I think I think it's not going to be AI written per se. I think AI is going to sort sort it out for oh, okay. you. Um, where it aggregates it from is is something that I'm silly to find out. Um, but I'm guessing it'll be from you know like New York Times and things of that sort, or like a, a host of different um, places, and it's going to fetch yeah. and well, that- give you in one. Kind that, of. that actually kind of does sound like, you know, the home screen of your yeah. Google news on your, your mm-hmm. phone now. Um, I guess like the articles that you click on, it kind of gives you more stuff. And even from your web searches, it pulls that up. So I guess it's not so novel, but I guess when you have maybe a super focused and 
knowledgeable AI serving this to you, it could have a different kind of crazy impact like TikTok had for video yeah. maybe. And I think there's also the social media aspect of it that they're trying to introduce. So maybe under each of these uh, elements or, or posts or however, I guess they, they decide to term them, there will be perhaps a, a place to discuss things of that sort. So pretty much how, I guess, Facebook, if somebody posts something on Facebook and you, you see comments underneath, so something similar, um, but I don't know how they're going to add the social media aspect to that that stuff. I think, because right now, obviously with Facebook and stuff, there's no one thing that's showing up on your feed. It's somebody or a page posting that kind of stuff. Mm. Whereas this will be again completely um, algorithm driven. Yeah, it could just be like, you know, how a lot of news sites used to be where you'd have the article and there'll, there'll just be a comment section at the bottom yeah. of it. Maybe it's like that. I think it's an interesting idea. Um, and what makes me think that it probably will be successful, I guess, depending on execution, is how a similar thing in China was working so mm. well. So, um, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, the other news getting a lot of traction over the last couple of weeks um, is the Hindenburg research on Mr. Adani. Uh, now, we actually have a video on this coming up, hopefully mm-hmm. very, very soon. Uh, as soon as we found about it a few weeks ago, we we're like... This needs to be yeah. this needs to be got looked at. But for those who know uh, who don't know, in late January, Hindenburg Research, which is basically a, a, a investigative research firm based in New York, um, they published a two-year investigation report after speaking with dozens of individuals, including former senior execs of the Adani Group, and they reviewed thousands of documents and conducted you know uh, like diligence site visits in six different countries, and ultimately. They have a master um, a report saying that uh, Gautam Adani, who's basically the, the founder and the head of Adani group of companies, his net worth of around $120 billion, earning more than $100 billion in the past three years, largely through stock price appreciation in the group's seven key listed companies, which have spiked an average of 819% in that period. So <laughs> obviously that has raised some eyebrows and um, 819% in three years, that's... That's incredible. Um, I guess Tesla kind of did something, but maybe they have their eyes on them too. Who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, jokes aside, um, as soon as that happened, so this came out in late January. In the next few days, Adani, who was basically in, in the world's top five richest people, uh, Forbes, he fell out of that list, uh, and everything else that the groups um, uh, companies had in terms of uh, stock prices also started yeah. falling down. Yeah. So um, some of them went down as much as eighteen percent. Um, well, actually 20%. So Adani Green Energy and Adani Transmission went down 20% with a few others down like 5, 15 and, and so forth. Now, Hindenburg Research, they actually um, posted a list of questions for Adani to answer. So there was so the, the report and then they gave Adani to, or the, the company to, to respond to the allegations. Um, and instead, uh, Adani kind of, yeah, they didn't. typically <laughs> they, they didn't. And they said that, you know, we're going to come back with a, with a lawsuit to which Hindenburg Research um posted a, a bit of a statement saying that in the, in the 36 hours since we released our report, uh, Adani hasn't addressed a single uh, issue that we have raised. At the conclusion of a report, we asked 88 straightforward questions that we believe the uh, we, that we believe give the company a chance to be transparent. Thus far, Adani has answered none of those questions. Instead, we expect that Adani has resorted to bluster and threats. In a statement to media today, Adani referred to our, to our report um which has over 720 citations uh, as un- 
unresearched and said that it is evaluating the relevant provisions under U.S. and Indian laws for remedial and punitive action against us. Regarding the company's threats of legal actions, to be clear, we would welcome it. We fully stand by report and believe any legal action taken against us would be meritless. If Adani is serious, it should also file suit in the U.S. where we operate. We have a long list of documents we would demand in a legal discovery process. So this is um, really gaining traction, um, not just for Adani's uh, situation, but also people looking into India's top 1% and how they've been conducting business because there's also Ambani, who's also one of the richest persons in the world. Um, and also a few huge, huge companies that's been com- coming out of India over the last few decades. So yeah, interesting stuff happening there as well. Have you been following any um, of that? A little bit, um, but I haven't dug into too much of the details just yet. Um, but I think it's interesting because Hindenburg Research is actually the same firm that brought down Trevor Milton and the whole... Um, is hydrogen Nikola Motors company, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see if they do. Adani does have an actual proper response because uh, that's what happened with Trevor Milton as well. They're like, just answer these questions, yeah. and you know, um, if if the report's worthless, then yeah, huh? I mean, just answer this question. The reports basically, you know, you're answering the question to the reports, and this, yeah, yeah, we don't have a foundation for yeah. Um, so it'll be yeah, so it'll be interesting to see see what happens, but yeah, I think there's been. 50, I think Adani lost 50 billion mm. in two days, yeah. 48 hours. So um, obviously I think investors have looked at this and said, hey, actually it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't look too good. So um, we'll see. I think there's been yeah, a lot of questions about uh, stock manipulation in, in India and, and stock buybacks and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, we'll see how, how this one ends up playing out. Uh, the funny thing is a few companies when things like this goes down, Few groups of companies actually invest into these these names uh, when the prices are low, thinking that this could be like a, like a discount. Yeah, it's, it's so risky. It is, and and, yeah. and so many companies. I, I I don't know about the the Trevor Milton one, but I'm I'm sure if you dig deeper into that kind of stuff, I'm sure there will be companies who does that. And there are companies who who've gained money out of out of situations like this, where in the off chance they have been right and the reports have been proven wrong. Mm-hmm. That's a huge spice back. Because imagine if the report's now wrong. Yeah. They're going to gain back everything. Yeah. But the thing is like with, with the track record that Hindenburg has. Yeah, and it's going to be research, tough. It's, it's, yeah. Um, but the thing is like, yeah, you, you're kind of, it's almost, you're betting that, it's almost like you're, you're betting against uh, Goliath. You know, mm. It's like there's, there's so much evidence to be like, all of that's wrong. So I'm going to just put my money in now and hope that things turn around. It's Yeah, it's, it's almost as risky as short selling, but. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Don't do that. <laughs> but w- with um, these kind of uh, research firms, like they do have a vested inter- interest. That yeah. So, so, so how, like, do you know how they're funded? For example, like, is it like a completely no, independent as, body? Yeah. I, as far as I know, I think they're independent, but they are a short-selling research firm. So they put out all these research, um, and I guess they know that the well. Presumably they know that what they're saying is correct, mm-hmm. but they know that the stock will drop and then they'll short that drop, but also, you know, get the convictions and everything because, you know, they found the fraud. Right. So so they have a vested interest in, in doing this, but usually what they find out is still correct. Right. So, because otherwise, um, you know, someone could poke a hole in that really quickly and then the stock could bounce back up and they'll lose their money. So, you know, so, yeah. Makes sense. Well, I don't have any other news today, but uh, do you have anything else? No, I think that's... It, yeah. Okay, but as we were talking um, about the screams of the damned, I actually looked up 
and I have found a band that is called Screams of the Damned. I told you. It's a verified artist with zero monthly listeners. <laughs> well, I don't know gonna how get that works now. out. They're going to get some, some now. That is if they have music, but how are they verified if- uh, Don't ask me, man. They, are, they have zero monthly listeners. They have no songs. Show, show the camera or one of them. I don't know if, if that'll, that'll pick up. Screams of the Damned, everyone. Yeah, so I don't know that's that's gonna, but we'll obviously have the have the screenshot if yeah, that, yeah. that that works. But uh, <laughs> nothing against you guys if you guys are listening in. <laughs> I was just a bit curious. Uh, maybe get the Hindenburg Research Firm to do a bit of uh, bit of digging as to how you're verified and you've got zero on business. So, uh, but yeah, that's it from from us this week. Okay, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll catch you again for the next one. Cheers. <laughs>